Chapter Nineteen of A Dash for a Throne by Arthur W. Marchmont. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter Nineteen: The Maid's Story. I have really very little to tell you," said the actress after a long silence, in which she had been making strenuous efforts to recover self-possession. I know very little i have known of course for a long time that there was to be special interest attaching to the proceedings here to-night and for signor praga's sake i had learned all that i could i wish to know the particular facts in connection with your taking the place of the countess that's all for the time was slipping by and my anxiety on minna's account was growing to fever heat i was merely told that i had to play the part of another woman and that i was to be paid for doing so more than that i was given to understand that in the event of the matter being carried through successfully i should gain the favour of some of those high in authority do you mean you were doing this for money only no but because i believed there was some other great advantage to be gained did you tell praga no why should i tell him everything i did not know for certain until my return to-night what was really intended i might have drawn back then if i could if i had not also known that i should be dealing a blow at you and revenging myself how did you get possession of the countess's domino and when did you take her place by the side of the man guarding her i did not get her domino the one i wore was ready for me when i arrived here to-night some one had described exactly the dress the countess minna was to wear and everything was ready for me when i arrived did you know it was the countess minna you were to personate yes i was not told but i guessed and when they told me that you would come up to me and lead me forward to the throne i knew of course all that was meant i did not do all i was told to however i was to have kept my mask on and to have walked across the room with you to the dais and then have thrown it off to shame and confuse you before every one and why didn't you i preferred to enjoy my revenge privately and i had it when i saw your look of dismay on catching sight of my face how was the change effected simply and easily enough some of those in the secret began to crowd and crush around the countess minna others resented this a confusion was caused and in the moment i slipped into her place while some one made up to look like the man with her went up and led her as he said to a place of refuge from the pressure of the crowd where did they take her i asked anxiously i don't know i know no more than yourself what happened afterward i had not been in my place more than a few minutes before you came up to me you know the rest who told you all our plans and made this thing possible 
for it was clear that i had been betrayed by some one in our closest confidence some one who knew even of the secret mark on minna's domino it was no mere case of her having been seen and recognized while at the ball for the dress had obviously been ready before minna herself had arrived i was not told replied my companion whoever it was the betrayal had been complete i had been allowed to think that my ruse of substituting the waiting-maid marie for her mistress had been successful and just when i had thought everything safe i had the mine sprung right under my feet they had reckoned i should be all unconscious of such a stroke and unfortunately they had reckoned correctly but who was the traitor this was no plan that could be laid in an hour it showed that from the first there had been some leakage by which my whole scheme was carried over to my enemies and it appeared to me that it must lie between two people the baroness graz and the waiting-maid marie who gave you your instructions i asked sharply i will not tell you was the equally sharp reply and though pressed she held to her refusal have you seen the count von nauheim here to-night no he is not here how do you know i overheard surprise expressed at his absence can you give any clue as to where i shall find the countess menna no none whatever i know no more than you yourself it was useless to ask any more questions it was clear that she had been used as a tool for this particular task and had been trusted no further i must seek my information elsewhere from either von nauheim if i could find him or from baron heckscher but i was altogether unwilling to see the letter until sufficient time had passed for von krugen and praga to have secured the person of the duke marx it was a sheer impossibility however for me to remain inactive while minna was in the hands of her enemies and i resolved to try to trace von nauheim from what the actress told me it appeared probable either that his accident in the carriage with me had hurt him sufficiently to prevent his coming to the ball or else that he had found it difficult to escape from the hands of the men whom he had planned should hold me in either event he would be unable to get to minna and so long as that was the case her danger was proportionately less but i must find him if possible for the suspense of the present uncertainty was maddening i crossed to steinitz and telling him to follow me i threaded my way through the laughing gossiping excited throng and made my way to the nearest exit in the ante-room through which i had to pass a group of men were standing deep in conversation among them were several of the leaders of the movement and i recognized to my annoyance kummel and beilager among them 
Kummel was, as usual, gesticulating rather wildly, and on catching sight of me he stepped forward and barred my progress. "'Here is the traitor, gentlemen,' he cried angrily. "'We have caught him in the very act of trying to sneak away. You won't pass here, my fine fellow, I can tell you.' it was the very climax of irony that this man who should have been so valuable an ally should in this way be perpetually crossing and thwarting me in my angry mood at the moment i could have found it in me to strike him that has yet to be proved i answered as quietly as my anger would permit an audible sneer ran round the group i will prove it for i will stop you and he planted himself right in front of me put his arms akimbo and stared me insolently in the face good exclaimed one or two of the others i took off my mask before i answered his insulting swaggering manner was almost more than i could brook although i knew the other men were deliberately endeavouring to provoke a fight and further that it would be the height of folly for two men who were in reality heart and soul together in pursuit of the same object to go out and try to kill each other you can scarcely be in earnest herr kummel i said after a pause i have already told you once to-night that later on i shall be ready to hold myself at your disposal should you wish it we are still in the precincts of the palace and the business of the night is one on which you and i are in heart agreed there are those here whom nothing would please better than to see us two crossing swords and it is they who are the traitors i looked around at the rest and if any one of them is minded to make this quarrel his own he will not find me backward but with you and herr beilager i will not fight at present i shall not allow you to pass for all your big words said the little hot-headed fool in the same tone the work i have is too urgent to be delayed now stand aside if you please i answered sternly you shall not pass here for god sir take care or you will drive me to do that which i may regret i thundered the words out and putting on as stern and fierce a look as i could i moved on he stood his ground a moment but then winced and retreated a step at this a taunting jeering laugh came from one of the rest i wheeled around instantly upon the group and not knowing which one of the men it was i picked out the biggest of them and walking up to him until my face was close to his i stared him dead in the eyes for some seconds did you do me the honour to speak sir no i did not he answered i turned to the rest one of you gentlemen either spoke or sneered which of you was it i am rather anxious to show him that it is not altogether safe to play in this way with me i stared at each of them in turn but no one said a word to-morrow herr kummel 
i said then to the little man whose fierceness had very much abated you may look for the explanation i have promised you and as soon as the business on which i am urgently engaged is finished i shall be at your service and with that i swung forward out of the place nor was there any longer the least attempt made to interfere with me the incident ruffled my temper considerably and i went hurriedly out into the night and set off at a sharp pace for the gramberg house when steinitz came up and whispered a word or two about the need for caution won't you drive home he asked to walk seems like inviting an attack no i'll walk the air will do me good no one will be expecting me to do so and i will be on my guard in truth i did not know what my opponent's next move against me might be it was not at all improbable that as they had now the knowledge which would enable them to accuse me of imposture they would deem it needless to run any risks by attacking me with violence they could probably get at me by some kind of legal process i did not care in the least i had no thought except the overpowering desire and resolve to find minna and rescue her i was indifferent to all else it was therefore with intense pleasure that i learned when i reached the house that there was important news the maid marie had arrived there about half an hour previously and was waiting in feverish anxiety to tell me her story i was no less anxious to hear it tell me as plainly and as shortly as you can i said everything that has passed since you left the palace with the baroness up to this moment the first thing i noticed was that there was a stranger on the box as coachman and that there were also two strangers on the board behind we drove away slowly through the lines of people and until we had gone about half a mile then the carriage turned away to the right and began to thread a number of streets the pace gradually increasing until the outskirts of the town were reached there the carriage stopped with a jerk and a stranger sprang in and took his seat opposite to us do not be alarmed ladies he said but the prince desires you should call first at the house of baron heckscher to complete certain details i made no opposition because you had told me not to speak a word if i could avoid doing so and thus we drove on for about half an hour at a rapid pace do you know the road i asked yes it was the linden road then the carriage turned in through some side gates continued the girl and we drew up at the door of a large house you will come in said the man alighting and leading the way i noticed a large number of men about who took careful heed of us as we were led into a room at the far end of a long corridor there we were left for a few minutes alone when the stranger came back to us i have to tell you now he said to the baroness that it will be necessary for you to remain here some time 
reasons of state have made it desirable that you should be separated from those whom you have hitherto looked on as your friends but of course no harm will come to you and the detention will only be for a few hours you will not need an attendant baroness and this young woman waving his hand toward me can transfer you the services she is accustomed to render to her mistress the countess minna what do you mean sir i asked for i could not keep quiet that it is perfectly well known to me that you are not the countess minna von gramberg but merely her waiting-maid you will therefore be good enough to attend to the baroness and with that he went out of the room and the baroness i asked eagerly i was so overcome at learning that the scheme had got known to them and that therefore the danger to my dear young mistress was as great as ever perhaps greater that i did not know what to say or think or do the baroness seemed to think i had been guilty of treachery but your highness i would die sooner than be the means of any harm coming to my mistress cried the girl with what appeared to me to be the energy of truth and with the tears in her eyes have you told any one of this change the baroness asked me and despite my utter protests i could not make her believe that i had not i sat there utterly miserable only thinking and fearing what might happen to my mistress the baroness would not speak to me and hour after hour passed in this awful suspense they brought us food but i could not touch it though the baroness ate some and told me to do the same but i could not the dreadful thought of my mistress's danger seemed to shut out everything else even anger at these suspicions of treachery well how did you get away i asked as she paused stay will you know the house again and could you guide me to it yes your highness was the ready answer i sent for steinitz and told him to have a carriage got ready for me at once after we had been thus for some hours the girl resumed when i turned to her again i thought i heard the sound of a horse galloping up to the house and about an hour later the same man came to our room you can get ready to go we have done with you he said bluntly to me i regret it is impossible to release you yet baroness but your niece will certainly have need of you and you will probably wish to be with her again can i not go to my mistress i asked in distress at the thought of her being in this man's power no you can return to the prince von gramberg and tell him the next time he plans a coup to do it more shrewdly i wrung my hands in despair and prayed and begged of him to let me go to the countess but he scowled and frowned me down and ordered me to be silent then he led me away alone to where a carriage was waiting for me and after i had been driven back to the city they set me down and i hurried here as fast as i could i had already resolved to go to the place although it was almost certain i should not find minna there get ready to go with me you will take your place by the coachman and direct him where to drive 
and after a rapid change of dress i armed myself and set out for the house where the girl had been detained bidding the man drive as fast as his horses could travel End of chapter nineteen